The battle to keep Eric Charmella's name secret continues. Eric, the anonymous Charmella who leaked information about Donald Trump's phone call to the president of Ukraine, has had his name, Eric Charmella, kept tightly guarded so that no one would reveal his name, Eric Charmella. Adam Schiff, who said he had not conspired with Eric Charmella, but actually did conspire with Eric Charmella, has demanded that Eric Charmella's name not be released because he fears for the life of his impeachment investigation. For instance, if Eric Charmella's name were known, people might find out Eric Charmella is a Democrat holdover from the Obama White House, who may have traveled to Ukraine with the totally honest Joe Biden on that completely uncorrupt trip when Biden so innocently threatened to withhold aid from that country if they didn't fire the prosecutor who is investigating Biden's totally blameless son for holding a completely normal $50,000 a month job he knew nothing about, not at all because his father was vice president of the United States, not to mention a friend of anonymous leaker. Eric Charmella. Eric Charmella also worked for John Brennan, the mysteriously egg-shaped man who joined the CIA after voting for a communist, but was so totally not a Russian mole that he advised Barack Obama on homeland security during the years Obama negotiated a deal with Iran and allowed ISIS to take over a caliphate the size of Ohio. Although Eric Charmella has not been named, it is believed he was fired from his post in the White House on suspicion of leaking anti-Trump information to the press, and it's even possible Eric Charmella worked with the FBI to sabotage the Trump campaign and spread lies about Trump's collusion with Russia. This would make him a deep state conspirator who should be named as Eric Charmella, as opposed to an actual whistleblower who could not be named as Eric Charmella. Democrats, however, still want to keep Charmella's name secret because they're concerned for his safety. After all, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Trigger warning. I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray. One of the true highlights of my year this year, not 2019, was teaching at Hillsdale College as the Eugene C. Pulliam Distinguished Visiting Fellow in Journalism. Although, especially for my visit, they replaced the word distinguished with graceful and erotically compelling. I'm not sure what that was about. I was teaching a group of kids largely from Christian homeschooled backgrounds, which you might think would have limited their outlook and open-mindedness, but if you did think that, you would be wrong. My class was on covering the culture as a journalist, and one of my classes was specifically on covering issues of sexuality. At some point, I asked the students if there was such a thing as manhood or womanhood. The class divided, mostly along the lines of the two sexes, with men saying definitely yes and women more flexible, which is what I would have predicted for reasons we'll discuss another time. Then we debated it and ultimately reached what seemed to me a sensible consensus, that there are inherent sexual traits, but individuals differ, and there's room to move and choose even within your own sexually determined tendencies. That seems realistic. It was only a few hours later that it dawned on me that if I had had such a discussion at Yale or UCLA or indeed on YouTube, I could have been reviled, banned, or even fired, not at conservative Christian Hillsdale. Now, I don't know how many left-leaning people listen to this podcast, aside from the evil clowns at Media Matters who produce nothing while trying to shut other people up. But if you are on the left, it would seem to me you would want to shut down the shut-uppers as much as we on the right do, because they make you stupid. They don't allow you to sharpen your outlook or change your mind in free and open debate, and also because it's just damn suspicious that they don't want you to hear the other side of the question. 
Last year, a study suggested this might be true, finding that 80% of Americans, 80% of Americans believe, quote, political correctness is a problem in our country. This means the news media who withhold or play down news that looks bad for Democrats, Hollywood and publishing where they suppress the artwork of conservatives, and the academy where they demonize conservatives and force children to lie about their views to get acceptable grades are not just the enemies of conservatives, but of most liberals too. They are truly enemies of all the people. Americans want to talk to one another. I feel absolutely sure of this, which means we need venues for this to take place. Something those of us who love this country and the people in it, people who are on the left and the right, ought to be thinking about as we move to transform the culture. All right, we'll talk about this more and we'll talk about some of the stuff that's going on uh, in the impeachment hearing and how phony it is and how you ought to be uh, looking at that more carefully. But first, let us talk about So Clean. If you haven't heard about So Clean, it's the fast easy way to maintain your sleep equipment. You know, if you have that uh, condition, CPAP, you need to put these things in your mouth overnight. I have friends who have this. It's uh, you know really something you have to deal with. Uh, and So Clean maintains your sleep equipment without the hassle of taking your equipment apart. You got to keep it clean so it doesn't carry bacteria. So Clean gives you the peace of mind knowing your sleep equipment is properly maintained every night. So Clean is the fast, easy way to maintain your sleep equipment. It's easy to use. You just put the equipment in, close the lid, walk away. The SoClean is convenient and user-friendly. SoClean has approximately 9,000 five-star reviews. It's 100% waterless. It's HSA, FSA approved. Right now, for our listeners, you can try SoClean risk-free for 30 nights. Even shipping is free. So don't wait and go to SoClean.com to take advantage of this 30-night risk-free trial and free shipping. Again, that's SoClean.com. Go to SoClean.com because you got to keep this equipment clean if you're using it so you don't get a worse condition than you already got. Um, Another Kingdom is out tomorrow. I, I have no, I've been traveling. I have no idea what day it is anymore, but I suspect it's something like Thursday. So that would mean tomorrow is Friday uh, and the new Another Kingdom will be out. I have been getting letters about this last Another Kingdom, which had a uh, bit of a shock in it. And uh, you want to listen to it before somebody tells you about it. Uh, but I've been getting incredible emails and just uh, really praising the performance of the lead actor. I forget his name. Noel something. Uh, but anyway, he is he is absolutely doing a great job. The sound guys are unbelievable, doing a terrific production job. You really want to listen to it. I, I, I wish you would, because it's just, a, I think, a really good piece of work. And that's uh, really being well done. Um, so they've scheduled open impeachment hearings for next week. OK, the op- theoretically open impeachment hearings. And let's just listen to the way CBS News, Nora uh, O'Donnell, who really she is really bad. She is. She's not just bad. She's, uh, you know, stiff and, and uh, performative on the news. But she's so prejudiced, so biased that anyone, anyone with any sense of fairness has got to listen to her and think, wait a minute, this isn't the news. These are Democrat talking points. But you got to listen to this, the way she promotes the upcoming impeachment hearings. Tonight, lights, cameras, testimony. The stage is set for the first televised hearings of the impeachment inquiry. We now know when they will happen and who may be the Democrats' star witness. Good evening and thank you for joining us. It's official, historic televised impeachment hearings begin a week from today, and it promises to be must-see TV. The Democrats plan to start with their star witness, a West Point grad with 50 years of public service. 
acting U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Bill Taylor, will testify Wednesday alongside Deputy Assistant Secretary of State George Kent. Then on Friday, former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, will testify. House Democrats say that's just the beginning. Today, more Democrats, I should say, more, more of the Democrats release more transcripts from those closed-door depositions. And Nancy Cordes says they offer a preview of what's expected to be bombshell testimony. Bombshell. It's a bombshell. Lights, camera, action. I mean, it's like over at Newsbusters, they said it's like a prize fight, but it's just like promotion for entertainment. It's promotion for a movie. It's a blockbuster. It's a shocking. Oh that's gonna... <laughs> Who is that? What, what the hell is that? This is, this is the people back say they've lost control. They have lost control. It's the drugs, folks. I mean, come on. You know, we made this is California. Marijuana is now legal. I've got an entire production crew back there stoned out of their minds. Anyway, this is so they're promoting this thing like it's a movie. And and here's a here's a piece that the Washington Post ran on Adam Schiff. All right. The congressman in my district. Now, this guy to me is like a greasy McCarthyite dishonest guy. He's been caught lying repeatedly. Right. He lied about the whistleblower. He lied about having evidence of Russian collusion with Trump. He has just lied from the beginning. Plus, he looks like a turtle taken out of his shell. I'm sorry. But he does. He looks like a turtle. A guy is a turtle taken out of his shell and he lies all the time. And the left, both the New York Times, a former newspaper and The Washington Post, where democracy dies in crap, <laughs> are trying to glory, make uh, to glorify this guy, to make him look like a romantic figure. It is utterly amazing. I mean, people do have eyes. They do have ears. They do see things. But they're living in their own world. So here's the thing. Adam Schiff once wanted to be a screenwriter can he give the Trump presidency a Hollywood ending? And we know what the Washington Post, this is in the style section, by the way, and we know what the Washington Post thinks a Hollywood ending uh, to the Trump presidency would be. It's Trump led out of the White House in handcuffs ain't going to happen. But let me read you some of this because I, it, it actually does tell you exactly what's happening when you think about it. When Adam Schiff was a young assistant U.S. attorney living in Los Angeles, he did what everyone does when they move to Hollywood. He wrote a screenplay. He spent hours at the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, uh, Sciences, reading the scripts for Silence of the Lambs and Witness in the library. It was in the 90s. He leaned on his courtroom experience, thinking back on snippets of dialogue during trials as he typed out a crime thriller. The prosecutor was the hero, naturally. He called it Minotaur. And if you ask Schiff, it was pretty good. A quote from Schiff, I got an offer of an option from Nick Wexler. Schiff said, leaning back in a leather chair inside his Capitol Hill office late last month, he produced The Player with that movie with Tim Robbins. Schiff turned down the offer, he said. He doesn't remember it being a huge sum of money. And anyway, he was getting into a different kind of storytelling business, politics. In some ways, this is the Washington Post glorifying this guy and yet also playing his hand. In some ways, he's become the chief storyteller of this drama-filled political moment. Schiff is the head of the House Intelligence Committee and leader of Democrats' impeachment inquiry of President Trump. He's in charge of calling witnesses, taking depositions, and subpoenaing documents. More than that, it's his job to stitch it all together into a believable, easy-to-follow narrative. Imagine the pitch meeting. It's like the Manchurian candidate, except the president has heel spurs. It's the godfather meets Borat. <laughs> 
All right. So they're telling you, you know, I talk about this on college campuses a lot because really my expertise is storytelling. That is what I've done all my life. That's what I know about. I've studied it a lot. I've studied it deeply, I would say. I know about narrative and how it works and I know about how it affects people and about how storyteller stories manipulate your emotions. And then they make, you know, again, I think I mentioned this yesterday. You go to a movie and you cry over the death of someone who never lived, right? And that's an important thing. It tells you that your emotions can be manipulated at a very, very high, very high level. And it's a good thing. We like it when it's done right. But it can also be used to against you because they can manipulate um, emotions that are geared toward one thing and tell you that they're about another. The, the best example I can think about is a movie like Avatar, which is also the movie uh, Dances with Wolves, which is also the movie Pocahontas. They're all the same movie. A man from a civilized in in these cases, white society uh, enters the world of a less civilized, non-white society and discovers that they're the innocents and they're these wonderful, uh, what, do they, what do they call them in the old days? This is the noble savage and his society is deeply corrupt. And that's the story in each one of those uh, instances, right? That his civilized society is bad and the evil and the innocent uh, brown people with their primitive society is good. And that plays into, listen, all stories that move you are telling a truth, but it's up to you to find out what that truth is. And the truth is, we all know that there's something distorting about technology. There's something distorting about civilization. Freud called it civilization and its discontents. And we all have this Rousseauian feel that there's something we left behind, just like we have a feeling that there's something we left behind in childhood. Maybe those feelings are connected, okay? So they're manipulating that to tell you that the white uh, cavalrymen in the West were bad and the Native Americans were good. They're manipulating a true feeling to tell you something that is, uh, historically that's a lot more complicated than that, right? As historically, it's a lot more complicated. And Avatar is even worse because they're manipulating you to think that the American military is bad. And basically, they were telling you that the Iraqis and the Afghanistan and the Afghanis were innocent people and we were going in there to steal their oil. That's, that's what that crazy. Means. That, <laughs> I know, that's crazy. <laughs> it's just what I was going to say. I don't even Maybe these are just voices in my head. I don't know. If you're hearing them, I'd say it is what I was going to say. It is crazy. I feel, I'm beginning to feel a little bit like a, 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 a schizophrenic. Anyway, this is what they're doing, manipulating us. They're playing this up. It's a, it's a dramatic, this dramatic moment in politics. It's not dramatic. It's, it's, it's really not. It's, it, we know what the story is. We know the real story. We know that this is a, something that's been going on for a long time. They've been trying to get this president impeached from the beginning. So it's all about a narrative, right? A narrative that they are selling you that this Ukraine thing somehow affects your life, somehow affects the Constitution. It does none of those things. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. The quid pro quo thing is hilarious because there's always quid pro quo to all uh, political aid to all uh, foreign aid. There's always quid pro quos. There's nothing wrong with Trump asking the Ukraine, Ukraine. To, there's nothing wrong with Trump and asking Ukraine to investigate corruption that might have involved Joe Biden, even if there is something wrong. And this, and this is one thing. You know, I've told you that I am not uh, as fair as say Ben Shapiro. I believe in freedom. I believe the goal is to move the ball toward the goal of freedom. And if a team is moving the ball in that direction and they commit a little offsides penalty, I might, as the referee, look the other way because the ball is going in the right direction. And that is and that direction is so important. That liberty, it comes and goes. It doesn't last long. It doesn't come back after it's gone. It is not worth sacrificing liberty for some minor infraction. So even if Trump did something, and I, I kind of think he opened his big mouth like he always does, you know, but even if he did something and his 
call was not as perfect as he says it was. I don't care. It is not affecting my freedom. It's not damaging the Constitution. But what I was going to say is, even though I'm not always absolutely neutral, because I'm not neutral, I'm in favor of liberty, this is something where I am neutral. I would have said the same exact thing about Barack Obama. In all my life, including Nixon, including the Nixon-Watergate hearings, the only time I ever heard of an impeachable offense the only time I ever heard of an impeachable offense was when Obama used the IRS to silence the Tea Party during a debate. And it might have been an impeachable offense, what he did uh, when he spied on the Trump campaign. But other than that, I feel a lot of this stuff has been blown out of proportion. I felt the same way about Clinton. So to me, it is all about it's all about narrative. This is all about a story that they're telling, manipulating your emotions. And I'll get back to that in just a minute because there's some really interesting stuff out today about this. Uh, But first, let us talk about Ancestry, ancestry ancestry.com, because this is something, you know, a lot of times I test out all the products or or sometimes I have to have somebody test it out if it's not something I would use, but but I test out all the sponsors that uh, I come to you with. I don't want to sell you anything that you don't want or that I don't, uh, that I can't back. All right. And sometimes testing these things out is a chore, but Ancestry.com is really, really pleasant. This is something I really enjoy doing. It is fun and it's just fun to get the information. Ancestry DNA doesn't just tell you which countries you're from, but also can pinpoint the specific regions within them. It gives you insightful geographic detail about your history, traces the paths of your recent ancestors, learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world. No other DNA test delivers such a unique interactive experience. You can combine what you learn from your DNA with over 100 million family trees and billions of records for more insight into your genealogy and origins. Save big on Ancestry DNA with a special uh, holiday pricing and spark meaningful conversations around the holiday dinner table with your family. Really interesting to do. Give the gift that can unwrap their history. Head to my URL at Ancestry.com slash Clavin to get your Ancestry DNA kit on sale today. That's Ancestry.com slash Clavin. And of course, you have to know about my family, namely, how do you spell Clavin? Again, I can't tell whether these are voices in my head or people, <laughs> or you can hear these too, but if you could hear it, that is how you spell Clavin. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I keep thinking about Pinocchio. I keep thinking, remember that scene, this Disney's Pinocchio, where all Pinocchio wants, he's a marionette, and all he wants is to be a real boy. And remember, he sings that song. <laughs> there it is. me down to make me fat or make me so, so he's so happy to be a real boy. I want to be a real boy. And that's, that's the whole thing, uh, the whole story about uh, Pinocchio. Adam Schiff is marionetting the news media to turn them into his Hollywood movie. The, the Washington Post spelled it out for you. He is marionetting the news media to turn them into his Hollywood, where he failed, where he was a wannabe screenwriter who didn't make it, into his his movie. They want to produce their movie. And unlike Pinocchio, who wanted to have no strings, the media loves it. You could see Nora O'Donnell, the way she's standing in this kind of action language and the language she uses about blockbusters and lights, camera action. They are so willing to do this thing. I mean, they really are. They're so willing to be 
the to be Adam Schiff's Hollywood, to make the movie that Adam Schiff wants to make. And, and that's something, I, again, I feel like liberals should be just, I don't want to call them liberals because I don't think the left is that liberal, but left-wingers, people who lean left, let's say, people who aren't far left. They're not Elizabeth Warren. They're not Bernie Sanders. They're not all those candidates. They're people who are just kind of on the middle, you know, but I'm on the right of the middle. They're on the left of the middle. You would think that they would say, hey, tell me the truth. I will decide. Just tell me what's going on. Blockbusters, you know, lights, camera, action is a blockbuster. You know, you would think if you were a liberal, you would you would be feeling like slapped in the face. You would just think that you would be saying, hey, I get it. You're voting for the same candidates I am. You know, there's a lot of things in life. I've said this before. A lot of things in life that feel good when you're doing them, but they actually make your life less drugs, sometimes uh, sex, certainly adulterous sex, things that, you know, too much uh, focus on money, putting money at the center of your life. These things feel good when you do them. They don't feel bad. They feel good. And the same is true of being lied to, of only hearing your own opinions. If you only hear your own opinions, then, you know, it it feels good because it's disturbing to hear other people's opinions. It's disturbing. I mean, if, if you've ever been on a jury, it's disturbing to see how differently people perceive things. And you just think like, are you kidding? You were in the same courtroom. I was, how could you say that? It's disturbing. It feels good not to have that experience. But surely, surely somewhere along the line, people on the left, in the, in the moderate left, they have to be saying, stop treating me like an idiot. Stop telling me what I want to hear. Tell me the truth. Karl Rove writes a really, you remember Karl Rove, right? He was uh, George W. Bush's main political guy. Uh, He called him, uh, W. called him the architect of his political campaigns. He writes a really interesting article, a column in the Wall Street Journal today. It's called When I Faced Adam Schiff. And he talks about the fact that uh, Schiff is a screenwriter and that he, how he lied, all the stuff we've been talking about. Uh, and he says now the would-be dramatist says the same thing, is staging a new production, impeaching the president. His script features secret sessions uh, in the Capitol basement, anonymous whistleblowers, constant and selective leaks of testimony, and of course a brilliant performance by the heroic lead, Adam Schiff. And, and Rove says, count me as a skeptic, and not only because we know how this drama is likely to end with an almost straight party line vote by the House to impeach Mr. Trump and a near straight party line vote by the Senate not to remove him from office. See, this is the other thing. And let me go off on a tangent here for a minute, because this is the other thing. We do know pretty much how this will end. Andy McCarthy over at National Review is saying, well, it's kind of a wild process. It could get out of control. Of course, that's true. That's true of anything. And he's right to say it. But (laughs) cocaine Mitch McConnell came out with this comment, which is really interesting. What he said he thought would happen in the Senate. And and not only is it interesting, it's interesting that McConnell is he is not telling a story. He's playing real hardball politics here. Here's cocaine. Say, I'm pretty sure how it's likely to end. If it were today, I, I don't think there's any question. It would not lead to a removal. So the question is, is how long does the Senate want to uh, take? How long do the presidential candidates want to be here on the floor of the Senate instead of in Iowa and New Hampshire? and all of these other uh, related issues that may be going on at the same time. It's very difficult uh, to ascertain you know, how long this takes. See, that's Cocaine Mitch uh, telling the left that two can play at this game of politics, and he's very good at it, because what he's saying is, yeah, you want to be tied up in the Senate when you're supposed to be out there campaigning? You want to 
bring it on, bring it into the Senate. It could take us six months to do this here. We may have to we may have to hold these impeachment hearings for six months while you could be out campaigning. But instead, you're going to have to be here. And if you're not here, we'll, we'll hold the vote without you. you know, I mean, he's he's telling the truth. And that's why a lot of people here at The Daily Wire, a lot of people say that once Nancy Pelosi committed to this, she has to follow through with an impeachment vote. I'm not so sure. I am not so sure the whole thing isn't a campaign tactic on your dime, that the Democrats are not using your tax money to stage a campaign. And what they do is they drag this out and they drag it out. Remember, originally the vote was going to come before Thanksgiving. Let's see. It could. It could. And, you know, I, I could be wrong about this, but it's really hard to tell whether this is just a complete charade, just a complete campaign tactic, because what they're going to do, what I think they could do is just drag it out and drag it out and then say, you know what? The election is coming up. Let's let the people decide. So now they've had all this press that have Nora O'Donnell. It's a blockbuster. Lights, camera, action. They've had all that movie. They've played the movie, but they don't have to play the ending because the whole thing was the ending was never supposed to be impeachment. The ending was supposed to be them winning an election. And I think that that is a real possibility. Watch this story that came out today. This story has been out before, but now they feel they have some other witness who says this. And it's another one of these anonymous source people who know the situation say stories. But it was Trump wanted Attorney General Barr to publicly clear him over the Ukraine call and Barr refused the request which came after the White House released a rough transcript of the call with uh, the Ukrainian president. Watch this story vanish. And the reason the story is, vanish, is going to vanish is because they think it shows that Trump is dishonest. But what it really shows is that Barr is honest. We know Obama did this stuff. He and Eric Holder, Eric Holder was his wingman. He said it. We know he covered up the Fast and Furious scandal and the and, uh and the attorney general and Obama conspired together to do that. So come on, you know, this is something the presidents do. They use their, their political power, but Barr is so honest, he wouldn't do it. And they don't want that because Barr's the guy who's going to come out with the Obamagate story and they want to tar him. And that's what a lot of this is all about. So this story is going to vanish down the memory hole because it doesn't fit the narrative and it's all about the narrative. All right, let me get back to, to Rove. Rove had this experience, right? He says, I'm skeptical about all this because I was cast in an earlier shift production following my September 2007 departure as Deputy White House Chief of Staff. He says, the House Judiciary Committee submitted, subpoenaed me to answer questions regarding the Bush administration's removal of nine U.S. attorneys, right? They were removed for cause, and uh, he also they also wanted to question him about a Democratic governor of Alabama who was convicted of bribery and fraud and sentenced to seven years. Now, you remember this. This was a big deal. George W. Bush removed nine U.S. attorneys and suddenly they serve at the president's pleasure, just like the FBI director. He had every right to fire him. It happens all the time. Sometimes they fire all the U.S. Attorney General, U.S. attorneys and then handpick which ones they want to keep. But these guys were fired for cause and they turned it into a scandal as they did with everything George W. Bush did. And they do with D Donald Trump. Whatever he says, even if he says good morning, it's a scandal. So he had this experience. Uh, Rove had this experience. A New York Times editorial supported the Judiciary Committee's demand, speculating that I may have been directly involved in the possible illegal firings uh, and a, they, that appear to have and the that. Uh, Mr. Siegelman's prosecution, the prosecution of this guy appears to have been politically motivated on and on and on. 
None of this was true. It was not none of it true. And it's all you can hear in the language of the times. It may have happened. It could be. It's all this stuff. They were just supporting it. Schiff came into the question grove. He says he wasn't even prepared. His staff gave him a large notebook full of questions, which he was evidently seeing for the first time. There were long pauses as he reviewed questions before asking them. He was repetitive, leading my lawyers to object frequently. He barely touched uh, one of the issues. He never raised the accusations. Uh, And his staffers later admitted to me that they found their witness against him uh, unreliable. Following my appearance, in the interest of transparency, I gave my emails and other documents to reporters. I didn't want to wait for Schiff and Conyers to spin the information. And as uh, as one of them said, uh, House Judiciary Committee Chairman John Conyers explained, we're closing in on Rove. Someone's got to kick his ass. Rove says, I didn't want anybody to kick my ass. So he released everything. So he was uh, transparent. Predictably, they accused me of sidestepping an agreement not to discuss my testimony. I had never made any such agreement. And so they just spun this thing. He had the experience of them spinning this thing to create a narrative. And the thing is, we know, we know this was planned. You know, Mark Zaid, I I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's the whistleblower's lawyer, Eric Sharmella, who we won't name. His lawyer was Mark Zaid. And he wrote, um, he wrote emails saying that he, they were planning a coup. And yet, I think it was yesterday, uh, at one of his rallies, Trump read Zaid's emails to the crowd. Here it is. They say January 2017, a coup has started and the impeachment will follow ultimately. It's all a, it's all a hoax. It's a scam. And you know who helps them? These people right back here, the media. And then it said, oops, the light's going to go off. The CNN light is going to go off. It said... From the lawyer, a sleazeball, it said, I predict at CNN will play a key role in at real Donald Trump, not finishing out his first term. Can you believe this? This is a whole, and this was done a long time ago. Then he goes, as one falls, two more will take their place, referring to outgoing Trump administration employees, who, by the way, have been put through hell by the sleaze back there and by crooked politicians. It's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it is pretty amazing when Trump, who can be bombastic, who can be uh, overlarge and exaggerate and all that stuff, when he's just speaking the simple truth. It, it is pretty amazing that they have turned Trump into an absolute uh, truth teller by their over-the-top uh, behavior. And the thing is, this is why, because it's a narrative, this is why silence and control are so important to the left. And this is what I'm talking about when I say that left-wingers should be offended by this. Left-wingers should want the truth. They should want to see things clearly. They're still going to make decisions based on their left-leaning perspective. I understand that. We have different sides. It's okay to have different sides. It's okay to have debate. It is not okay to have one side of the debate shut down. I want to just show you a clip of Tulsi Gabbard uh, was on The View, and she's talking to Joy Behar. And Gabbard is protesting the fact that they accused her of being a Russian asset and supported Hillary Clinton in her completely nonsensical idea that Gabbard is a Russian asset. Hey, maybe it's not nonsensical, but before you say that about somebody, you got to deliver the proof. You have got to deliver the proof. And there's been no proof of that whatsoever, except the fact that Hillary Clinton disagrees and she's got Russia on the bagogo, you know. So listen to what Joy Behar says and the accusations she makes against Tulsi Gabbard. And eventually uh, Tulsi gets around to answering them. 
You're on state TV all the time. Why do you go on What's Fox TV? Fox Channel, which is a She's propaganda a propaganda audience. network, 16 times with Tucker Carlson. I never see you with Chris Wallace or, or that other guy. What's his name? Brett Baer. Well, Why aren't you on with them? They're definitely middle of the road. Why do you go on with Tucker, who's a liar and, and a propagandist? So let me start with um, how offensive it is to say that I am a witting or unwitting asset of a foreign country working against the interests of our people and our country, the not country that I am willing to lay my life down for. So if you're saying it's not deliberately, then you are implying it could be. that I am too stupid and too naive and lack the intelligence no. to know what I am doing. Okay. I want to, I just, I, you, yeah. you raised a second issue about why yes. I go on Fox News. Yeah. I go on Tucker Carlson, go on Brett Baer, go on Sean Hannity, go on MSNBC, go on CNN. I am here to speak to every single American in this country. <laughs> so that's a perfectly rational response. But what Joy Behar is saying, basically, is we, we leftists, we leftist women who scream and don't let anybody talk and base our, our opinions on the applause of the crowd. We are the norm. We are the norm. This is the, this is the narrative. We are the norm. And anybody who goes to the right of us is hateful and the state-run media. And it's pretty, it's pretty rich to hear about Fox being state-run media after eight years of their coverage of the light worker second coming uh, of, the, of the Messiah, Barack Obama. So it's a little rich to talk about state-run media. I mean, that was the accusation the right made against the left for eight years. It is true. There are commentators, a lot of, uh, of there are commentators on Fox News, Laura Ingram and... Uh, Hannity and to a lesser extent Tucker Carlson, who completely support Donald Trump. That's true, but they are commentators, just like MSNBC as left-wing commentators. Nothing state-run about them. They Trump de definitely represents what they believe, and the fact that she can't see that she thinks she's the norm. She thinks she's the middle, and it's just not true. I mean, it is just not true that she's the middle. She is the left. So why why can't she say, you know, we're the left, and they're the right, and they're wrong, and we're right? I don't want to silence them. I don't want them to go away. I just want them to stop trying to silence us and stop trying to demonize us. I mean, get, Google the words. Google the words cruelty is the point. And this is a meme that they have passed around. It's been in the New York Times. It's been in the Atlantic. That everything that the, the right is doing, everything that Trump is doing, the cruelty is the point. I mean, I don't think that about the left. I don't sit around and say, oh, you know, yeah, socialism is slavery and the slavery is the point. I know the slavery is not the point. I know they're trying to accomplish something. I think they're wrong in what they're trying to do. You know, we're going to stay on. We're not going to take our usual break. We're going to stay on uh, so you can watch on YouTube and on Facebook. But um, all the more reason for you to feel a deep sense of guilt, a deep sense of remorse, really feel bad about yourself and subscribe at dailywire.com. The dailywire.com subscription is now a really, really good deal. Not only is it only 10 bucks a month or 100 bucks for the year, you get this new app, which is great. It's just a great app on your phone or your iPad or whatever. Uh, you can look at this, this app if you are a subscriber, and it'll give you every all the good stuff from The Daily Wire. If you're an all-access subscriber, you can talk to us. and We do Ask Me Anything things online. You can come on and talk to, to me or Ben. or I don't know why you would talk to Knowles, I mean, but you can ask him anything. I, I'm not sure he knows anything, but you, <laughs> you can... No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, you can ask us anything and all this stuff. And of course, the most important thing is you get another kingdom a day early, so you cut off one day of the Clavenless weekend, which could increase your chances of surviving... Monday. 
I can't make any promises. Otherwise, you can get another kingdom on Monday for everybody. But let me show you this video from The Daily Signal. This is an amazing story, and it starts uh, with this doctor, and then the, the second person you'll hear is the spokeswoman for The Daily Signal. See, according to most mainstream medical organizations, you're transgender. On YouTube, you're never going to hear that sentence from Dr. Michelle Critella. YouTube recently removed this Daily Signal video because of one sentence Dr. Critella, a pediatrician and executive director of the American College of Pediatricians, said about transgender issues in children. YouTube told the Daily Signal that Dr. Critella's remark violated a YouTube speech policy. That policy states, hate speech is not allowed on YouTube. We remove content promoting violence or hatred against individuals or groups based on any of the following attributes. And among the list of attributes are gender identity and sex slash gender. Now let's be clear, by any objective measure, Dr. Critella did not violate that policy. Here's the line that YouTube cut off. This is what she said. See if you <laughs> Never mind, you guys. See, if you want to cut off a leg or an arm, you're mentally ill. But if you want to cut off healthy breasts or a penis, you're transgender. If you want to cut off a leg or an arm, you're mentally ill. But if you want to cut off healthy breasts or a penis, you're transgender. Now, this is... A, Right here is a re the reason why there should be no hate speech laws, because when that is defined as hate speech, it's clear that what they're trying to do is control reality. When you try to control, as they do in England, if you call somebody by the wrong pronoun, the police can show up your, at your house and question you. When they want to tell you what pronoun you have to use, as they try to do in New York uh, with government workers, they are controlling how you can express reality, right? It, it's fine if, you, if you're loopy enough to think that a person who cuts off his penis is suddenly a woman. If you're loopy enough to believe that, you're allowed to express that. I believe in free speech. But if you don't let me use the pronoun that I think is appropriate, you're essentially saying you must see reality this way. And if you don't see it that way, you must lie. By law, you must lie about the reality you see. Now, again, I would think people on the left would find that just as offensive as people on the right. I would say, you know, again, there, again, there are things that feel good in the moment, that feel good in the moment that really destroy you. So it might feel good. I know with some of these college kids, it feels good to hate on people who say, you know, I don't see it the way, way you see it. So you should, and they say, well, you should be censored for hate speech. And that feels good to them. That makes them feel strong. But they don't realize, of course, that it's all about who decides. And if they give the government the power to decide on hate speech, one of these days, it's going to come back on them. You've seen it happen again and again, where they come after the right, they come after the right, and then they go after the left and they eat, eat each other. This is the thing that I just think, you know, to me, I just think that the left would be as eager as the right to say, no, absolutely not. Free speech. Let's hear from everybody. Let's hear every opinion. And it really is interesting to me that they don't censor these neo-Nazis, these alt-right guys who come on and say horrible things about the Jews and the blacks. They don't censor those guys because they know they make the right look bad. But they do censor uh, Dennis Prager and they do censor things like that because they know they make sense and they know they undermine the left's position. I don't think anybody in America, I don't think we're in danger of the alt-right. I mean, the alt-right, some of their opinions are, are evil and I think evil is always a threat. 
but I don't think this country is evil and I don't think this country is going to follow down this. You know, this is not 1930s Germany where we just lost a devastating war and our economy is on the ground and all that stuff. That's that's not happening here. But I would just think the left themselves would say, bring it on. They censor, they censor people who make perfectly reasonable ex- statements like that, but they don't censor Nick Fuentes, for instance, who's like this sniggering, anti-Semitic, uh, racist guy. They don't censor him, and I don't want them to censor him. I don't want them to censor him, but they don't censor him because they know he's not a threat. They know he makes the right look bad. They censor that stuff because they know it undermines their entire worldview, and that's what they're trying to protect. All right, I want to uh, end a final reflection before we head into the Clavenless weekend. If you're not a subscriber and you're not got, haven't got another kingdom and you're just kind of circling the drain in these final five minutes of Clavenly goodness, I want to end talking about a couple of movies I saw because they really did uh, surprise me with their points of view. Uh, the first is Shaft. Now, th- this is the new Shaft where Shaft's son comes uh, and he teams up with, uh, with Samuel Jackson, uh, the old Shaft, and uh, to to break a a you know a criminal ring, and I love action movies. Action movies are for men. What romantic movies are for women, right? We always make fun of women for watching these romantic movies that have the same plot over and over again, and then we go off and watch these movies where guys beat up like fifteen hundred people alone, and we love them. And so everybody has his own, his own drug. I love action movies, and uh, and I love Samuel Jackson. I think the guy has developed a persona in these movies that is absolutely riveting, and he does it so well. This introduces also two young people who have uh, I just never saw before. They've been around, but kind of in other things that I haven't watched. A guy named Jesse uh, Jesse Usher and Alexandra Ship, who are both uh, absolutely delightful in it and play the young leads so that Samuel Jackson can be the old cool guy. Uh, Richard Roundtree is also the original Shaft is also in it, and he is just absolutely great. So I got it. I was a little suspicious when I saw that 32 percent. This got a 32 percent Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, rating from the critics and a 94% from the people. Okay. The people love this movie and I, I loved it too. It's not Shakespeare. It is an action movie. You know, if you love action movies like I do, it's a wonderful action movie. And I really had a great time. I'm not telling you it's Othello or, you know, Hamlet or anything like that. I'm just saying. So, so here's the scene where the father and son meet and the father has been raised by the mom and he's this kind of upright millennial type and he comes and sees Shaft who is just a womanizer and a violent guy and a, and a you know tough guy. And here it is. Junior? Yeah. You're doing it. Come on. What the f*** are you wearing? I thought Irresistible was some kind of stripper name or something. I looked at your driver's license and this is for real. I'll call you. No, you won't. Yeah. I will. Hell of a Pilates teacher. You want a drink? I'm good. I can fix you a bubbly water with a wedge of lime if you'd like. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. Like, you aren't shaming me by suggesting that me drinking water would actually be a bad thing. So... Trump, uh, Trump, (laughs) that was an interesting Freudian slip, Shaft now (laughs) teaches this kid 
how to be a man. And you see him, he's womanizing. He gives that girl a slap on the butt as she walks out the door. He's, he's a complete, he walks in, in front of traffic and traffic stops for him, you know, and he's, he is a man. And when he gets insulted, he takes it out of you with, in blood, right? And, I'm Donald Trump and I approve <laughs> this message. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there's a scene in this, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, but it doesn't give it away any of the plot. You know what's going to be in the movie, uh, where Usher and Alexandra Shipper, who's his not-girlfriend, he's just a friend, he's just a friend, and, and, and Shaft keeps saying to him, you want to tap that ass, you know, and he goes, no, 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 we're just friends. There's a scene in this movie where they're having dinner together, and it's this friendly millennial girl-boy dinner and all this stuff, and the bad guys come in, and the kid takes a gun and starts opening fire and the girl looks at this and, and her eyes light up. It is the, one of the most politically incorrect scenes I have seen in a long time. And if you want to know why this got a 32% rating from the critics and 94% from the people, that's why. Because these people on the left, I'm telling you, they're not just enemies of the right. They're enemies of all the people, because all of us know that a lady likes a man to be a man, which is basically the theme of the movie. I thought Another Kingdom was politically incorrect. It is, but this is also at that level and just a really, really enjoyable film, and you should watch it. And the other movie I saw uh, recently was people kept telling me to watch Breakthrough because it is a... Um, it's a Christian movie that they say is above the level of most Christian movies. And one of my things, I keep complaining about the nature of Christian movies. And I've had a new attitude toward that. I've changed my mind about this a little bit, which is this. Yes, they're bad. But that doesn't mean that you can't take that vehicle and make it good. And this makes it better. There's just no question about it. It is a better level of Christian movie. I still had some moments of Christian sentimentality that I were that were intolerable, uh, but it but also it was very good. It's very sentimental. It's probably more of a girl movie than a boy movie, but still I was moved by it. It tells a true story about a kid who fell through the ice and uh, who basically lost his life and about what happened when a community gathered together in faith. And it's a, it is a moving movie, and it has, what's really cool about it is it, you know, I, I travel in the Christian community, and it does show you uh, some of the tensions that grow up, and it shows you also that even, you know, I've lived through an experience like this. I have lived through an experience of a basically a medical miracle where somebody would not allow any kind of negative talk and somebody believed that any negative talk at all was getting in between God and the miracle he was going to perform and the guy was annoying and he was controlling and it was absurd and it, the miracle happened. And so that's that's kind of what this movie is about. It's obviously not giving, you can tell what it's going to be about from the beginning, but it is, it's, it's better. It is a better Christian movie at another level. And I think the first, the first 30 minutes of it uh, I thought were actually really good. And the last 10 minutes of it, I thought were really good. And in between, there was some Christian stuff that was the old kind of uh, squeaky clean stuff. But still, it really had a lot of good stuff and good performances. I got to stop there. The Clavenless Weekend is upon you. If you're not a subscriber and if you don't have the new Another Kingdom, you're going to have to wait till Monday to get the new episode of Another Kingdom. The odds of you're making it through that many days without your Claven your hit of Claven, very tough to, to judge. But survivors will gather here on Monday. I'll be here. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. Hey, 
if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knoll Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Claven Show is produced by Austin Stevens and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. And our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pavel Wydowski. Edited by Adam Saevitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Cormina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Alvera. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. And our production assistant is Nick Sheehan. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2019. Democrats' impeachment attempt isn't merely a hoax or a witch hunt. It's a coup. And you don't need to take my word for it. That's the word being used by the lawyer for the whistleblower who kicked off the latest impeachment push in the first place. We will blow the whistle on the whistleblower's coup. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.